From Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode number 14. Today's episode of Upgrade is brought to you by Igloo, an intranet you'll actually like, MailRoute, a secure, hosted email service for protection from viruses and spam, and PDF Pen Scan Plus from Smile, the app for mobile scanning and OCR. My name is Mike Hurley, and by now you should know that my co-host is the one and only Mr. Jason Snell. I'm melting! It's raining here in California. It's still <laughs> raining here in California, Mike. How you need that, the rain. How you do need you the feel rain, about but... the rain, Jason? Does it make you happy? Does it make you sad? Do you sing in the you know, rain? I, 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 uh, what I really like about the rain is that I don't have to go out in it because I have no commute anymore. <laughs> and and uh, this morning my wife took uh, my son to the, to school and I'm like, you could drive. She's like, no, nah, we're going to walk it. It's close. And then it just started pouring down rain. It was, oh. But you know it's good. We need the rain. We we will otherwise we will uh, all uh, all die of thirst in the summer. So it's good that we're getting it. But there's a lot of it in a very short amount of time here. So I hope it keeps up. But it's just kind of cold and damp. And this storm is a lot cooler than the last storm. So the last storm, our heater didn't even come on. It was just it was a warm tropical kind of uh, uh, storm that came in. So it was you know pretty mild and and this one's a a little bit colder so it's more kind of damp and unpleasant but you know i just stay i just stay in uh inside that's my solution to the the bad weather stay inside don't go anywhere why would you anyway i have nowhere to go actually that's not true i'm going to speak at a user group in sacramento tomorrow so i actually have to drive hopefully it won't i don't think it's going to rain so much tomorrow but i have to drive up there that's a that's more than an hour away so that'll be that'll get me out i'll be out tomorrow what, what's the topic of your of your discussion i'll let you know when i figure that out <laughs> and you're going tomorrow <laughs> and i'm going tomorrow that's right Ooh. i just looked at the calendar today and i was like oh yeah huh okay i'll i'll you know it's it's a user group so they're they're pretty forgiving and um i i have many things i can talk about i just i'll put you know an outline and some slides together it'll be great it'll be fine there's a lovely picture of you on the macnexus.org page good well googled mike well googled this is how i roll Mm-hmm. yeah i'll be there tomorrow if you're in sacramento and listening to this between monday december 15th and tuesday december 16th 2014 you could go and uh listen to me talk there that's like two people who are on this audience but anyway yeah i'll be there so i look forward to hearing about that <laughs> will there be video jason they're going to video you somebody will video you from I, I the hope back not. with an iphone and post it I to youtube not. it's better when i can just be unvarnished and say anything you anything should, you should go and tell them why this year well 2015 will be the year of linux you should go and tell them that mm, linux so on the them. on the desktop linux yeah. on the desktop it's gonna happen sure. it's gonna happen it's inevitable mr jason snell Mr. Mike Carley. Would you like to address some follow-up, some hashtag ask upgrade follow-up? <laughs> I would. I would. We, we uh, Hashtag ask upgrade is, of course, uh, this if this, then that uh, setup that was recommended to us by a lovely listener. And uh, now when anybody tweets anything with hashtag ask upgrade on, on, uh, on the Twitter, it's automatically put in a, a Google spreadsheet for I us to I have to consult. say, there has been some abuse of the hashtag, hasn't there? I yes, we'll get to some of it. I, 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 I omitted some of it where people were like saying what kind of shoes, you know, which shoes should I wear this morning and things like that. We're not going to do that. But, uh, you know, we'll just we'll skim over those. But it is kind of nice to have them all just sort of sitting there in that spreadsheet. That's, oh, it's that's a, very it, cool. it is I've a heard fantastic from, idea, actually. I, yeah, I've I heard from it. several people who are saying they may do the same thing for their podcast <laughs> to just uh, do the same thing. Give it a hashtag and then collect the results in a spreadsheet. It's very, 
very clever. It's a very, very good idea. So that's that's our meta meta follow-up. Uh, first piece of follow-up is from listener Joe Steele. Uh, not a real name. And uh, it is, what is the official name for Upgrade fans? I Any like thoughts? Upgraders. Upgraders. Mm-hmm. All right. What do you think of that? It's not bad. It's not bad. It's an actual thing. It could be an actual thing. And I, I like the ers better than the es. It's, maybe that's a Trekkie and Trekker kind of thing. But like upgraders, it just sounds like a person who upgrades, which is much more reasonable. Upgradees is like, I'm a crazy person and love, I don't know. It just, it doesn't work for me. So uh, I, I would I would go with upgraders. I suspect that perhaps our um, our listeners may have some opinions. They can always go to hashtag askupgrade. Uh, on Twitter, I have. Type the, I mean, I, in. I have the word upgradees earmarked for something else. Oh, good, good. So we won't, uh, we won't call our listeners the upgradees. In, in the in the uh, chat room, we have suggestions for upgradians, upgradists, updates. I don't know why updaters. Update. I feel like update is not the, the name of the show, to. people. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh no. Okay. Anyway, so that's thank you, Joe Steele, for uh, asking the question. Uh, it, until it's unseated as champion, I think Upgraders is our current official name for listeners. What does, the, that. what does our next upgrader have to say for today? Our next upgrader mm-hmm. is listener Ben, who asks, what should I have for breakfast? Now, see, this is what we were talking about, about the abuse of the Ask Upgrade hashtag. Mm-hmm. You can't ask upgrade anything, just anything. Also, because he sent this like five days ago, so he's still waiting for us to tell him what to have for breakfast. Uh, listener Ben is in deep trouble because we we only are answering them here on the show. Well, Ben, uh, and the answer if, if you're going to do exactly what we say, you know, then maybe Jason, what do you what do you think we should make Ben have for breakfast? Well, I mean, clearly the answer is waffles, so okay. he should have waffles. Waffles. And so, Ben, I expect to see it for you. evidence. Of your uh, Ask Upgrade influenced breakfast, yeah, I I made um, Sunday. We had uh, we had some nice people over to our house for uh, for a little brunch, um, and uh, I made biscuits, which are not cookies, which are not you know British biscuits. They're they're like Southern buttermilk biscuits. They're like a little bit like scones, except there's more moisture in them, so they don't suck all the moisture out of your entire body when you bite into one. Like a scone, <laughs> I like scones, but they're, they're dry, man. They're dry. Yeah, um, they are. And I, I and I make those, and I I actually make those more than waffles these days because I really I really like them. I got a good recipe from Alton Brown, the TV chef cook guy. He's not a chef; he's a cook. Um, and uh, we had some of those, and that was really good. And some bagels and some uh, other stuff. It was it was I, I would say a successful brunch we talked about podcasting a little bit uh because that always comes up yeah we had a good time so um but biscuits are confusing so i didn't mention it because they mean cookies in your world and that's not what i made i didn't bake cookies hmm. they're biscuits they're very nice people who don't know people outside the u.s who have never tried to make a southern style buttermilk biscuit uh, they're pretty easy to make and uh and uh, quite tasty actually you can put jam on them put um Many things on them. I put jam on them. You can put maple syrup or honey. Anyway, that's our that's our breakfast vertical. Thank you, listener Ben. So you do eat them more like scones than cookies. Oh yes, yeah. Okay. So they're they're uh, uh I mean it's most it's mostly flour and baking powder and salt and then uh, butter and uh, buttermilk and um 
and the way you the way you make them is you um, you keep folding them over. You fold fold the dough over on itself like ten times or something like that. And what it does is that's creating layers. And so then you bake them. You use a little you know cookie cutter basically, um, or 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 biscuit cutter. Is that a thing? Little, you know those little molds that that you can make a cookie in a different shape, like Santa Claus cookie or a circle cookie or a square yeah, cookie. Yeah, cutters, Co- cookie cutters. cutters. Yeah, cookie cutters. So um, I use those and make the little round biscuits, and it's in a little pan, and you put it in the oven, and they and what when they come out, they're um, because you fold the dough on top of each other, you get these um, layers, uh, so that you can kind of pull them apart. Um, they just kind of fall apart and, you know, so you can just open it up in half and then put some jam or butter or whatever honey on them and eat them. And they're very good. They're tasty. I recommend them. It's a, I, I, I started talking about biscuits on Twitter when I was making them and people are like, uh, all my international Twitter followers, like, what are you talking about? And I, I realize people don't know around the world that nope. the, the marvel of the buttermilk biscuit. You should try it out. We'll put a link in the show notes. How about that? To, to the recipe I use. I think I found it. Alton Brown healthier biscuits is the one that I I like That's healthier not, because they're they're not truly healthy. Okay, I can put it in. I, oh. I know how to put things in the in the show notes. I know, but I got it already. Okay, I'm, I'm magic like that. I appreciate your powers as a as a host. Anyway, so so um, <laughs> this is uh this is uh, our our cooking vertical. There it is. Well done. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna use I'm gonna move up another another piece of feedback then because this seems to be an appropriate time. Uh, listener Matt, or it, it may be former listener Matt, <laughs> uh, said, "Why not just change the theme of the podcast to be about the life of the independent worker?" It seems it's headed that way anyway. And I talked to Listener Matt about it, and you know his point is he's not a uh, he's not a, an independent worker. He's a guy in an office, and he doesn't he's he. he uh, and I totally understand this. He's tired of listening to people who are podcasters who don't have actual jobs talking about what it's like to be them. Um, my response to former listener Matt is that uh, it's not going to be about that all the time. It will be about that occasionally because you and I are both sort of new to this life and there are interesting wrinkles that come out of it. But, you know, this is primarily going to be about technology. And I say that after having talked about buttermilk biscuits for five minutes. And I believe in a previous uh, episode, uh, I, I talked about... Uh, uh, Brussels sprouts. So <laughs> that may also happen, but we're going to, we, we span, we contain multitudes, listener Matt, but, um, I think it's fair to say, and I hope you agree, Mike, that this is, this is about, this show's about sort of like a few things. It is about technology and how it affects our lives. And we will talk about technology, but it will also touch on other things that affect us, uh, me, both, both me and Mike. Would you say that's about right? Yeah, I think what upgrade isn't is a tech news show, and I think that's what right. people wanted it to be. Maybe at least some people, um, but it's definitely more. I think now, at least uh, now that we've kind of found our groove, I think it, it's definitely more about the way that technology affects us. So, like when we talk about things like blogging and and podcasting and membership schemes and things they're like things that are happening in our lives at the moment and and we actually changed the description of the show to fit it a little bit more because i think whenever you start a show like this um you have to let it adapt a little bit and the fortunate and maybe unfortunate in some uh in some ways about this show um is because it has 
you want it, so people are going to come immediately. <laughs> that is unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. So you, you saw gonna, that one. You've really got something here. From from episode one, there's going to be a, a relatively large audience, so people get to see the adaption of the show because all shows go through this, and it's helpful if you have a show of a small audience at first, so you can kind of find your groove. And I think Upgrade has found its groove, and it's more about like things that affect us with technology and trends and things like that. And then obviously the huge stories we'll discuss. But we don't go into the minutiae every week. And and I think Connected does that a bit more. Like we actually talk about in the past week, this is something that's happened or something right. like that. You know? Well, I, I think, I mean, look, if, if there's something big that happens, uh, especially about Apple, but really something big in technology, we're going to talk about it. And um, what's happened the last few weeks, I think, is we've done a lot of shows where you've just left your job. I left my job not too long ago and nothing really has happened that's interesting. Um, so <laughs> we talk about the things that are sort of on our mind and the te- on the tech news front, there, there wasn't a whole lot. But I do also agree that I don't think that just because something like a, a headline happened somewhere, we would necessarily cover it for a couple reasons. One is if we don't have anything particularly interesting to say, I kind of don't want to give it time just to say, oh, yeah, this thing happened. And what do we think of it? And uh, every now and then, it doesn't happen very often, but every now and then when I'm listening to ATP, uh, that happens. Where it's like, anybody have anything on this? And then you hear John Syracuse go, nope. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, well, let's Casey, move on. And then Casey says, good talk. And then... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. And, and you know, uh, also I do listen to a lot of tech podcasts. So I have that other, other thought of if it's a minor topic and it's been covered to death on another show, I'm not sure I really want to um, have us cover it to death and say the exact same thing. I mean, I don't... Uh, not everybody listens to every podcast, but that's that's an aspect of it too. So what I want to do is reassure people that this is not going to turn into quit, right? That's not yeah. what we're doing here. Um, we, this is not about people uh, working independently, but there are angles to that that will come up because of uh, the, the stuff that Mike and I are doing, and we will talk about them. And when there is news about technology, we may take a, a little bit of a different t- uh, tack when we talk about it. Uh, and think about like a, a, a different angle to it because I would love to be able to do that to take a, p- a piece of news and say I wonder what this means for X or you know instead of it just being like hey this happened what do we think of the specs of this p- new product uh, and we'll see how it goes that that part um, remains to be seen but we you know that uh, during the holiday period a lot of tech companies are not really releasing products they're selling the products they already announced and there are sales and things like that and it makes it more difficult to have a, a show that's just purely focused on tech and we don't want it to be purely focused anyway but I will totally admit that the balance the last few weeks was a little bit um, a little bit different than I would say the average show would be but that's what an average is. It's, you know, it's over time. And those two weeks, I think, are, are not, you know, they're, they're, they're a little bit off the, the normal formula. But in the end, I think it'll all balance out. So now that we've spoken in length about the show. That's the, that's the um, self-analyzing vertical. Yes. Should we talk about Smile? We should smile about Smile. Because they're a friend. This episode is brought to you by Smile Software and PDF Pen Scan Plus. PDF Pen Scan Plus is the app for mobile scanning and OCR, which allows you to scan documents directly from your iPhone and iPad and taking advantage of 
pure OCR magic. You can take images of multiple pages effortlessly and do post-process image editing. You can crop these images quickly and precisely, ensuring that you never miss a thing. And PDF Pen Scan Plus even recognizes the edges of something that you're taking a photo of, making sure that you get everything that you need in that image. And version 1.5 now takes advantage of image optimization too, so just make sure that your pictures are going to be crystal clear every time. PDF Pen Scan Plus can help you blast through a stack of documents and receipts in one go. You can export multiple documents at once, making batch scanning easier than ever. With automatic updating, you can send them all off to Dropbox or iCloud for storage and availability on the Mac and other iOS devices. So you can upload all of those lovely images that you've taken straight to any service that you use. PDF Pen Scan Plus can name files by date automatically and with the built-in OCR scanning, the text of your documents is recognized and made available for copying and pasting into other apps for easy searching later. This is pure power right in your hands. PDF Pen Scan Plus is a universal iOS app. It works on both your iPhone and your iPad and it's available in the App Store right now. If you'd like to learn more, you can do so by going to smilesoftware.com upgrade. Thank you so much to Smile and PDF Pen Scan Plus for helping support this week's episode of the show. And a good friend. By the way, um, once an Eagle 56 in the chat room says, will you ever crown a best friend? And the answer to that is um, if somebody would like to buy all of our ad spots... Yes. <laughs> and I will allow that. <laughs> also best also best enemy available for the enemy discount. Still so. nobody has contacted me about an enemy deal. I, I like the idea. It's a, it would be like a hostile witness in a trial. Like uh, you know, they're they're uh, they're appearing under under protest <laughs> to tell you about their service or something. Or we would have to bring in like a guest to read the ad because we would refuse to do it. It could be fun <laughs> if somebody wants to be our official enemy. I'm just saying. Anyway, uh, let's see. We got some more feedback, of course. Um, nice feedback from from uh, Upgrader Josh. Let's try that. Like uh, don't don't overanalyze. Uh, just do something that lets me give you money. Anything, both of you. Which is us talking about subscriptions versus ads and how we do it. And I appreciate that. That's very nice to to listener Josh to to say that. And I'm sure we will find some way for you to give us money at some point, right? You know, somewhere, somehow, we'll find yeah. a way. You could buy stickers. You could buy stickers. You could buy stickers. Um, I, I don't see any money from the stickers, though. <laughs> so that's a no. good way to give upgrade, to support Relay, which yes. is fine. When we do we a should. t-shirt, however, that would be a different story. All right. Nice. Um, listener, oh, I, Kay Lacoste. I don't, actually don't know what that listener's real name is. Do we? Let me see if I can look that up. This is good podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin. Listener Kevin, Upgrader Kevin, says, can we make the What's Jason Reading on Marvel Unlimited a weekly vertical? P.S. Reading on a mini? Question mark, exclamation point. I guess that's in, what, an intero bang. Uh, yeah, I read, on, I read comics on an iPad mini and it's fine. They're better on an iPad Air. Yeah, that's totally true. But on an iPad mini, it's fine. Sometimes I, I will pinch and zoom, especially on two-page spreads, because those are really small but uh i can do it and as to what i'm reading on marvel unlimited i'm not sure if i'm reading anything right now the most recent thing that i read and enjoyed on marvel unlimited was the um the infinity event from jonathan hickman which is the avengers and new avengers and it's and i like it it's like a sci-fi story i mean the the nice thing about it is it's one 
it's one writer. It's fairly self-contained. It's like 14 issues or something. Um, and it's in only two comics. Uh, there are some tie-ins, but really you can read the two comics and it's a straightforward story. And it's a really, Hickman has done some really strange things with the Avengers in telling these, um, this weird sci-fi story about like uh, collapsing parallel universes and stuff like that. And it's really interesting. It's actually very much unlike um, most superhero comics. And I like that. I, I actually grew up uh, anybody who had episode 14 is when I would first mention the Micronauts on Upgrade. You win. Uh, I grew up on co- sci-fi comics like the Micronauts that were, you know, not really about superheroes. They were superhero-y, but they, it was mostly more like sci-fi uh, concepts. And Hickman's Avengers run has been like that, where it's got the usual superhero characters in it, but they're dealing with kind of cosmic issues. A little like Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy is more a sci-fi movie than a superhero movie. It's a little like that. And so I, I just read that a couple weeks ago and really liked it. That's that vertical. Mike, have you read any of that? No. Do you read comics? Uh... Yes, we talked but not about right this. now. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually yeah, downloaded right I downloaded Comicsology to my six plus. Oh I, yeah, I just want to see what it's going to be like. I think well, I definitely could only use the guided view stuff. Yeah, that would know. be great in guided view, though. I don't because really it would st- like guided view. I don't like guided view either. I don't. I, I love that they did it, and I think that it's great for people who are not comic literate. I talk about my wife being kind of comic illiterate. She's a librarian. She never grew up with comics, though. She's a great reader, but reading comics is a different kind of literacy. You've got to process the visual information really differently than reading a book. Yep. And um, and for somebody like her, I think Guided View is great because it, you don't have to figure out what panel to read next or where your focus needs to go. That's great. But if you if you are literate in how to read a comic book page, it's awful, <laughs> I think. Uh, it's a it's you do it because the screen's not big enough and so you have to do it and they built it because the iphone original you know early model iphones were so small that there's no way you could read a comic on it and they wanted to address that audience and it's great that they did but i can't i can't read in that format i mean it makes i understand why they did it like it makes as you say it makes sense and and i get why because you actually can't really read a comic on a on a phone in any other way I don't think it you just like sort of zooming in and panning around but I don't like that I don't see the full panel um, right yes. I mean and it is good because I have a bad habit of opening a double page spread and my eyes just flicking down to the bottom right corner to see what's happening it's like I, I have that like um, you know like when somebody gets a book and then they open it to the last page and read the last line. Sure. I'm one of those sort of people, you know. Like, I see, like, a big action on the right-hand side, and I just quickly look at it before I've read everything on the left. But I do prefer to be able to see the art in full. Um, and I know that at the end, like, when you get to the end of the page, it will show you the whole page if you want it to. Um, rather than, just, like, so it zooms into all the different panels to, to allow you to read, and it shows you the page. But I just don't think you get the same experience from it. Right. And there's a narrative tension that's brought, and uh, the... Uh the artists and writers know it, that uh, you can see everything on one page, but you can't see what's on the flip page. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that it defines the pacing and all of that. But, you know, but I do love digital comics. I, I'm very happy that we, we now live in a world where that we have these uh, beautiful color uh, devices that let us read comics digitally. Um, I think it's a great thing for the comics medium as a whole. So that's what's Jason reading on Marvel Unlimited this week. Maybe I'll bring that back. We'll see. If I read something interesting, I promise to mention it. How about that? Great. Uh, 
listener, Mr. Villeneuve, which I probably have mispronounced. Yes, you're going to get another correction now. That's okay. We'll just keep going on this. This is this is the badly pronouncing French things vertical. Um, uh, we were talking about uh, <laughs> Sean Blanc, who I, I essentially called Shane Blank. Not quite, but I might as well have. Let's just get it all wrong. Sean Blanc. And you said it was like Mont Blanc, the pen. Yeah. To which our French listeners, upgraders, said, you don't, you don't pronounce the T and the C. It's a Brit trying to correct an American on okay. a French word. And so, pretty funny. So at least allow, Mont Blanc. Yeah. Allow me to, 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 to defend myself here. Sean, know, Sean Blanc's name is not pronounced Blanc. It, that was why I did it. And yeah. also because the English pronunciation of Mont Blanc, the pen, is Mont Blanc. I know that it's not. Okay. But that's how people say it. Pen so, vertical. I kind of went with that for you, but yes, I I, I apologize to everybody in uh, our, our slightly neighboring country um, for my gross uh, pronunciation of your beautiful mountain. Mont Blanc. Mont so Blanc. the pen is pronounced Mont Blanc. No, well, it shouldn't no? be, but that's what everybody says. Oh, uh, so okay. It's like so it's common, a common pronunciation. It's a pronunciation. Not the actual pronunciation. Exactly. All right. Um, listener Adam... Send us a, a, a neat tweet with a link to imitation Nerf brain balls going cheap in, uh, what is that, Spitalfields Market? Spitalfield Market, yep. Uh, yeah. This is an interesting one. Um, I know this shop. Uh, there is This is a chain shop called Tiger. Um, yes. And the next time that I see one, I'm going to pop into one and buy myself a foam brain. Just Three pounds each. Just for this show. So I can Excellent. kind of sit here and just look at the brain and feel inspired. That's good. That we're deep in the uh, phone brain vertical now, but because also listener Brian wrote in to say, thank you for talking about the brain balls on Upgrade. I found this while cleaning my basement, and he sent me a link to an eBay auction where he is selling his mint-in-box ner- Nick and Nerf foam brain ball, starting bid $150, buy it now for $200. So he wasn't aware that it was valuable until we talked about the brain ball and talked about how uh, they were going on eBay, and now we're, we're going to make uh, Listener Brian some money. So good job, Listener Brian. And to those out there who covet a mint inbox, a Nick and Nerf brain ball, uh, it's on eBay by, from Listener Brian. I think I want it. I don't think it's worth it. I think you should investigate that four-pound tiger brain yeah. ball. It's just like, Made you from know, a ti- tiger brain. <laughs> Sorry, tigers. The brain ball is like, you know, it's like a mythical object now. Yeah, nobody has bid on the uh, on the, on Listener Brian's uh, eBay upgrader uh, brain ball right upgrader now. Brain. Upgrader, upgrader Brian. Sure. Here's something I didn't know that you can do financing on eBay now. <laughs> so it says it's price. A bad idea. Yeah, two hundred dollars or thirty four dollars <laughs> for six months. That's that is a horrible thing to do uh, as a customer. Fantastic thing to do as a business. It's an easy way to help them sell the larger ticket items, like a two hundred dollar brain ball. Very interesting. It's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Horrible idea. Well, unless you're eBay. All right. Uh, I think we're done with follow up, Mike. I think we made it through. Oh, bravo! Whew. Although our next, our actual one, our first topic this week is inspired by uh, Brian Hamilton and his uh, Ask Upgrade question. Just how do you feel about giving software as a gift? I'd like to give my friends iOS games as stocking stuffers. 
So we're going to talk about this and we're going to talk about like kind of digital goods. But an interesting thing to do, and you see, I see a lot of companies doing this now, um, like PlayStation and uh, Microsoft, especially with games, is to, to create gift cards yeah. for digital games. Mm-hmm. So there's a thing that uh, we were joking about this on Virtual a couple of weeks ago, that Nintendo is going to start selling digital codes in actual 3DS boxes. So there are some games that they have that are just digital, but they will be sold in the actual box, not ah. just as a card, which is stupid because you kind of put in an empty... Basically, Nintendo is selling empty boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a way to try and, I think, push people down the digital path because the games that they're selling are only in digital form. But the reason I mention this is I think that this is a good way to give digital gifts to people is to give them a physical object which allows them to redeem the gift. But of course, you can't do that with apps. So then the only thing you can do it for is a gift card. But if you want to give somebody a specific app for a specific reason, like all of your relatives want to give them one password, uh, maybe maybe Agile Bits should make one password gift cards. But I'm sure that's not as simple as uh as you'd think. So can't you gift an app? I think you can. You can, but it's it's not the idea of the gifting. It's the fact that there's nothing physical, and it's the physical sure. thing I think that people want. Um, but yeah, you can gift apps. You can do that on iOS. I, I still don't think you can gift iBooks, which is a really weird right. thing. Well, you, and only a couple of years ago they changed it so you can gift Kindle books. Um, although, there and there are always challenges too where... Um, you want to give it at uh, Christmas under the tree, and uh, they want to send them an email immediately saying, redeem your code and get your app. Oh, you, you can gift an iBook now, real time follow-up. Oh, that's good. Um, so, uh, And this was my issue with Kindle books, too, is that, is that uh, you couldn't... I was sending Kindle book things on Christmas morning because I couldn't queue it up. <laughs> I could buy it like a week in advance and they would get an email a week in advance saying, oh, you got a Kindle book as a gift, which is not helpful. That's stupid. So I think it's really really smart. I just did this. So I I was putting together um, my little uh, gift packages that I send to all of the incomparable uh, panelists for for thanking them for being on the show over the year. And it's just a little envelope with a couple of things in it. Um, And I wanted to put put an Amazon gift card in. And and then I realized that for my Canadian panelist, I can't do that because it doesn't work on Amazon.ca. And Amazon is very smart about this. Amazon lets you set a gift card for or, or a gift certificate for any value as a PDF that they mail to me and then I print, and it actually is one of those like four. Uh, it's got like folded over and then folded over again, and now it looks like a card, even though it just came out of my yep. printer. I've done and, this before, and that's really smart. And, and and so I think there's something to this because it's so. I love the idea in a way of saying, you know what, you should not not like Crossy Road because it's free, but like Monument Valley. Like if I want to give Monument Valley to somebody, they I know they haven't played it, but they've got an iPhone, and I think they'll really enjoy it. I should be able to give them something like one of those cards you get at Starbucks or something, something that's got a code on it that is a redemption code for that game that whoever redeems it, will that'll be on their Apple ID, and I should be able to print that out on a, on a little like card like thing like what Amazon did and put that in an envelope or put it in a in a bag with a giant amount. My daughter did this. She gave a friend a gift card and it was in a huge bag with all of this tissue paper and at the bottom there was a little gift card. It's kind of funny. Um, you should be able to do that. And because this is the thing is those software and ebooks and things can make really good gifts, but they're completely intangible. And even though it 
it is kind of stupid to give somebody an empty box. At least the thought counts in, and there's and there's that moment of realization that you got a, got them something and that you cared about it and you know just saying you know uh, an app will appear on your phone like like a U2 album right here it is oh it's an app uh, that's no good and you can't do that anyway they've got to log in and sign in and accept it and all of that and it's just not great it's no, it's just not a great gift giving experience and it's too bad because it eliminates this whole class of of uh of presence that especially tech nerdy people might want to give because they're, they're the ones who know all the cool apps and they want to tell their friends or their family or it's a challenge. It's a real challenge. The interesting, not interesting, but the annoying thing is completely different to interesting is like, so say you want to gift somebody an app and you want to do it as a, as a Christmas present, you have to do it on Christmas day, right? Because they're going to get the email. Yeah. Um, Amazon. um, And and, then it looks like you forgot. And, 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 uh, Kyle Seth Gray in the chat room points out, and this is true, I, I actually did know this, now you can queue your Amazon stuff. But when they first rolled out Amazon ebook gifting uh, as a concept, it was instantaneous. So they're, they're, it's getting better. But even then, yeah, it's just like, oh, I got an email that I got a present. Yay. It's not that exciting. I don't know. This is... This is um, it's it's a problem, and and then there's the hardware, which is also a problem because so much tech hardware is really expensive. So unless you're buying for somebody who um, you have a very large budget for, it's your significant other or a parent or a child or I don't know a boss that you really 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 want to impress. Um, that's also a problem with so many technology items are you know computers and things which are i know there are those television ads i don't know if you see them in in the uk where where there's like a luxury car with a giant ribbon on it which just uh, kills me yeah totally you're gonna buy a car for a christmas present that's totally gonna happen surprise we got a new car my understanding is that only happens when somebody turns 16 that's what i learned from uh, american tv here interesting <laughs> yeah that could that could be well they don't the the car ads don't show the wife um murdering the husband for buying a car without telling her uh, that happens after the commercial's over what the hell did you do um but uh, it's a similar thing where it's like those are big ticket items. So you end up in this weird if you're a if you're a techie person or you're giving gifts to people who in your life who maybe rely. I think a lot of our readers, they readers, listeners, upgraders rely. Um, they rely on our upgraders to be their kind of tech gurus, their tech experts. Um, but what do you buy them? You know, an iPod case or iPhone case, iPad case. That's what you, what. That you're left with this very thin collection of things that are hardware that aren't just ephemeral uh, and transient uh, mysterious uh, download codes but aren't like a computer and and it's a very thin slice of things that are like 20 bucks or 50 bucks yep you know accessories can be key uh, for this kind of stuff but then it's still difficult to buy because things like like um, somebody was asking me about uh, buying a present for, for a friend uh, and they were saying, oh, I might get them. What do you think about getting them a, like an iPhone case? It's like, yeah, but that's really difficult because people really, you know, care about these things and they like dig in and they want to get the 
the you know the people like choose something that matches like personality or fashion or taste so they're difficult things to buy but you're yeah. looking at them all the time but there was um there is another piece of uh, real time follow up from from upgrader Kyle who's all who's on it today you can queue iTunes stuff now too you can which you didn't used to be me. able to do exactly Smart. he has reminded me though of a of a, another frustration that I have with digital gifts because it says right here on the screenshot that he sent us, gift redeemable in the U.S. store only. That's oh. really difficult for me because I've tried to buy things for people before and I can't do it. So, so in the U.K., this, I cannot gift you an app. This bugged me too because I, I and again, maybe Lister Kyle will uh, will set me right, but I went to Amazon.com and tried to see if I could get an Amazon Canada gift card and I couldn't. I had to go to Amazon.ca, log in with my Amazon.com account, which works at Amazon.ca, buy it there, and that just seems sort of silly to me that that I have to that I have to do that. I if I'm giving a gift to somebody in the UK, I should be able to gift them a UK version. I should be able to pay the US price and have it just attached to their iTunes account. Why is it limited to the US store only? It's stupid. Stupid. Maybe they're worried about fraud, about people gifting things from a fake account to a real account in order to bypass. But, you know, this regional restriction stuff is really not, it's very 20th century and we need to get over it. So to see Apple furthering it in that way, it's just, that's dumb. It's frustrating. So we're talking about apps and we're going to talk a little bit more about apps today. Um, So some actual technology topics coming up. Come back, Matt. Come back, former listener, Matt. (laughs) Right after this break. Yes. Uh, brought to you by our friends, MailRoute. Jason, MailRoute. please tell me all about MailRoute. Well, MailRoute, I've told you about before. It is a service that filters out spam and viruses and uh, bounced emails and things like that. So that by the time your email gets to you, m- most or all of the junk has been taken out. I've been using it for a couple of years now. Uh, it works great. I, I very rarely, I got a false... I got a false positive the other day, and it was the first one I had gotten in a long time. Um, and the way that works is once a day I get an email from MailRoute saying, here are the messages we filtered. And I look at it, I glance at it, and there was one that was good. And I can click on a link right in that email that says, uh, the one I used is W plus R, which is whitelist, whitelist plus, what does the R stand for? You know, read or deliver, or maybe it's D, W plus D. Anyway, it, one link that I click. And boom, that person is whitelisted so that it will never filter out for them again. And the mail is delivered. And I'm in my mail client when I do that. And immediately that message pops in to my inbox. So super easy when there is a false reading. But I'm telling you, I, they just it doesn't happen very often. It, it, it's really, really a solid service at, at, at making the right decisions. In fact, uh, and this is not an in, a paid endorsement, but I noticed on Twitter this weekend that uh, Marco Arment was... Uh, asking about spam filtering, and uh, and uh, I mentioned somebody actually said, "Well, Jason said good things about him, but maybe he was lying because they paid him." And I said, "No, I've actually been using it, and it works pretty well." Um, and Marco rep- reported back yesterday on Twitter. He said, "I put MailRoute in front of my FastMail account a few days ago. Spam has dropped to nearly nothing, with almost no false positives." And that you know that is um, that's my experience too. Um, it's a, it's really cleaned out my mailbox. So if you're a regular person, you can set it up 
and it's super easy. There's no hardware or software to install because this all happens up in the cloud. It's on their servers, and then they pass the mail. They, they filter it and then pass it on to your server. So by the time it gets to you, all the junk has been taken out, which is great, especially if you run your own server because then that junk never gets transferred over your network. It never gets to you. You never have to store it. It's just not ever there, which is great. And they have lots of great tools for email administrators and IT pros. Uh, they've got an API, and they've got many different things they support LDAP, Active Directory, TLS, Outbound Relay, and Mike's favorite, mailbagging. Mailbagging! Mailbagging! Uh, Everything you want for people handling your mail. So if you want to remove spam from your life, like I did, go to mailroute.net slash upgrade. You'll get a free trial, and you'll get 10% off the lifetime of your account. Not for a month or a year, but for the lifetime of your account, 10% off mail route. So if you're getting tr- plagued by spam and you want to find a solution that works on the server before the server, so you never have to see it, you never have to filter it out on your desktop, uh, that I, I highly recommend MailRoute. And thank you to MailRoute for being our friend, a friend of Upgrade. Friend indeed. Just before we get on to our next topic, can I actually mention a piece of tech news that broke today? Oh yes, because it's quite it's quite important to me, and I think it's interesting considering the difference between the UK and the US on this type of stuff. So, British Telecom, um, who have primarily been a landline and internet provider for the last few years, moving into TV, they they actually started their own mobile network O2 many many years ago, and then it it's, it kind of they span it off and it got bought by Telefonica and became independent. So BT for many, many years, has not had a mobile presence. Now, today, BT have confirmed that they're in talks to acquire EE, which is one of the new very large (laughs) networks in the UK. (laughs) What two letters will they choose as their new name? BEAT. B-E-E-B-E-T? E-T. Phone home. Oh, phone! See? Oh, it's perfect. They should be E-T. So EE, which is abbreviated from every, everything everywhere, which sure. is a company that Great came name. into existence when uh, T-Mobile and Orange merged here a few years oh, ago right. and created EE. Um, so it's actually now it is actually a, an offshoot of uh, Deutsche Telekom, the owners of T-Mobile in the US as well, I believe. Um, unless yes. they've been bought, because I know that there was talks that about it. Yeah, have no, they're still trying to unload them. <laughs> so the interesting thing is, like, that there's a lot of things that are now going to happen because, like, EE had Spectrum for different uh, operators, so they gave out like to three another network here, and Vodafone had an agreement with some other companies. So there's lots of like weird things that are going to happen. But the reason I bring this up is because it's interesting because now it looks like there's enough movement and shifting in the mobile markets here that we are getting less competition Ah. that's why i bring this up because i find it very interesting because if you look if you can kind of read the tea leaves and see that this is going to break up a bunch of agreements which may mean that maybe there's more shifting that's going to happen um and I just find it interesting because as companies are merging, because, you know, EE were merged from two companies and now they're going to BT and that could break up some other agreements, which might mean that some other companies have to maybe work together more closely. It's moving us, I think, towards the US model. Um, even though we will probably never, as long as there's a couple of providers, will be better because mm-hmm. we don't have areas that won't ever be serviced by one network like I know that you guys have. You know, so there no, are parts of America where it's like you just can't get like. There's not that many 
though. Okay. I mean, there there is usually some competition in every market in the U.S. But some. It, it is just I see this stuff and it and it concerns me a little bit um, as these companies are ballooning. Uh, oh yeah, you know, like BT now offers television, uh, and they actually have quite a, com- a comparable television package compared to Sky TV and Virgin TV here. Um, hmm. Like uh, BT are buying up a lot of the sports games to, to kind of block Sky out, so they're buying up a lot of football to get people to to join BT TV. It's just interesting because it's they're definitely learning from Comcast and uh, like. AT&T, well, that's not good. Like, that no, can't, that not can't good. be good. <laughs> no, it's not good. I mean, the good thing that we always have is the European Union for this stuff. They are very, at least seemingly, pro-consumer. You know, like they're always trying to slap people on the wrists, uh, whether whether rightly or wrongly. You know, like how they try and have jurisdiction over Google, um, Microsoft, which works to some instances. Uh, it is at least we always have them to try and. Uh, to get the to try and protect us, this, this deal may not go through. Uh, regulators may may say no, you cannot do it. But actually, it's something interesting to bring up because I think hmm. it's, it's a sort of change in the tide. It's not, uh, you know, competition. I, I'm less concerned about wireless because although those are huge companies and uh, will behave badly, at least they're battling each other. Um, having competition. Even if it's, I mean, it's better when there's somebody like T-Mobile in the U.S. that that is essentially has nothing to lose, and so their their entire their deals aren't always great, but they try very hard to be different. The whole uncarrier branding that they use, the idea there is that they will offer things that the other carriers just don't want to offer, like unlimited uh, an unlimited data plan, and uh, that's interesting. It helps when you've got a competitor like that that's willing to that's hungry and willing to do that in order to to get customers. The the big problem in the U.S. is the is the internet, uh, uh, wired internet, broadband internet market, which until wireless internet can provide a really serious competitor. And I know you use your wireless internet for, yep. for the show. Um, until that happens, you know, my choices of fast internet at my house are Comcast. That's it. That's it. I had DSL before, which is AT and T uh, lines, and I was able to use a reseller for that. But they, um, there, no uh, Comcast doesn't have to resell their uh, their lines to other providers. It's theirs to control, and as a result, there's really no competition in my in my area. There's no fiber here, and so it's Comcast or slow internet. Those are my choices. Well, I choose Comcast because I have no choice. Uh, I have to choose it to do what I do. So that's the worst. But you know, the few, the less competition there is, the worse it is for for everybody. So my condolences. Yeah. Welcome to com. Well, welcome to Cable Town. <laughs> Seems like it's good. I, it does concern yeah. me. It, it really does concern me that we're going to end up moving towards that. Um, but we'll see. Anyway, so I mentioned apps. So uh, you recently posted as part of your extended gift guide coverage on SixColors.com. <laughs> yes. Uh, your favorite things uh, for iOS apps. Yes, and you put some some uh, choices in there. I must say you're you're quite behind on Inquisitive, but that's a it's another issue for another day. Um, I I am so well. I, I because I'm not commuting anymore. I am picking and choosing uh, Inquisitive episodes and then mm-hmm. putting them manually in my playlist. So I've been meaning to listen to Guy for a while now, and I just haven't had the chance. 
It's okay. I, I will. I will let you off on, on this oh, one. Also, I wanted to make sure that it was in there, so I, I reordered my playlist so I, that there would be interesting <laughs> things in there in that screenshot. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for saving my ego. Although, if yeah. I wouldn't have seen anything, I would have just presumed you'd listen to all my shows. So you know, it yeah. works. It works one way or another. It's very. I, I really. There are not enough dishes for me to wash to listen to all the podcasts I want to listen to. It is a challenge in my life. It is so, so I, weird that I, yeah. I listen to more shows now than I did before, and I don't know how that's happening. I, I don't know how that's possible. I don't know what I'm doing. But what, basically, yeah. what, what something that you picked out um, in this post is the fact that you are currently using um, replacement apps to Apple's first-party apps quite frequently. Yeah. I don't know how it happened. And I wanted to give you kind of a, a an idea of what I what my sort of situation is like as well, so you can kind of see how oh, I yeah. do with that stuff. Mm, nice. So, so, like you, I use Mailbox um, for mail. Uh, there are just some things that initially I wasn't too sure about with Mailbox. I don't advise using Mailbox for calendars. It's really bad at calendars. Did it, what did I say? You said you use Mailbox for mail, which is oh. exactly as intended. You should use Mailbox for mail and not any other uh, reason. Because try, it's bad try not to use it reasons. to take like pictures and stuff. It's, Don't, it's no, it's the slower. worst replacement for the camera app you could imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you want to take a picture, you have to make a new message and then say insert photo and then say make a new photo. It's and it's terrible. just it's it's, it's unintuitive. Yeah. So uh, I really I really like Mailbox. Like some of the stuff that I was initially not sure about. Um, I've actually come to love, like you know how you can say say to mailbox, tell me about this message in three days' time or something. Like yes, that. yes. And one of the reasons I've actually come to love it is because I now use mailbox on the Mac too. Yes. Because if you use an app outside the mailbox ecosystem, things start to get a bit weird. Right, because uh, the the apps, the mailbox apps, will know that that message needs to boomerang back into your inbox, and uh, and they will do that if they're running. But the uh, you know if you're not using an app that does that, they won't know. Um, and you can see those messages, those special mailboxes. They're visible as like IMAP mailboxes, but mm-hmm. really you need to buy in for it to work because you need you need the apps to all know that if you said I want to see this message tomorrow, that it's now tomorrow, and here's that message again. But quite simply, my favorite feature of Mailbox is the is the manual reordering that you can do of your messages. Huh. Where you can I, just, I like, never use that feature. Oh, I love it. I hmm. love it. So say there's something that's like four messages down that I know I need to do today, I just drag it up to the top and it gets done. I, I, I kind of treat my email sometimes like a little bit of a to-do list. I know that that makes people like it makes their toenails curl. Um, no, but, that's I totally do that. But I think that's what Mailbox is actually built to do. Um, you know, it, it actually also has to do functionality built right in, like lists. Uh, but there are just certain things that it does that I really like. Um, I have a real like hate hate relationship with Apple's Mail, mm. just in general, especially on the desktop. Yes. It's like yes. it just makes me want to cry every time I Agreed. use it. Um, and I think that Mailbox is is a really interesting uh, app, and it's a lot of good stuff. Um, I think I maybe go a step further than you, Jason, in that I use Chrome for my web browsing. You do go a step further than me. I still use Safari for that. And, and it's because I use Chrome on the desktop for, I, for many I, reasons. And I use Safari on the desktop. So if I was yeah. using Chrome on the desktop, I would. My wife uses Chrome on the desktop, and so she uses Chrome on her phone, too. I think that you know it makes sense to have all those things tied together because they kind of I share agree. information. Um, but yeah. I, I am also a big Fantastical user. Um, mm. as well uh, like like you I think that might be all I can necessarily think of I mean obviously I use 
not obviously, but I do use Overcast and not the official podcast app. Right. Uh, I use Beats Music, not music, although that kind of is first party. Yeah, well, now, yeah. So, you know, yeah. yeah. I just, I, I remember when the first uh, app replacements came out, um, f- replacing Apple stock apps, I thought, oh, well, you know, this is esoteric and weird and for super nerdy people who have super nerdy needs. And it's great that they're making these things, but come on, you know, Apple's. And there was the, the question about whether Apple would even allow those things to continue because they duplicate existing functionality. And, and they got over that and it hasn't been a big deal. And But I just realized when I was making my list this year that, that uh, you know, three of the items items on my list of apps I use a lot that are not, you know, that are third-party apps are replacements for stock Apple apps, po- you know, Overcast for podcasts, Fantastical for calendar, you know, and uh, Mailbox for, for mail. So I don't know how that happened, but uh, uh, I don't, and I don't know if that's a sign of really good, mature third-party apps that are really well thought out or whether it's a uh, bad sign that Apple's apps are making me want to abandon them for for third-party apps. I'm not I'm not sure whether I'm an outlier there and uh no, those are I very think, t- Yeah. I think Go it's ahead. becoming more and more prevalent that people are using these. And do you know what a really interesting thing to look at which I hadn't thought of we could we could try and see what the what people are doing is homescreen.is. They oh, have yeah. a most popular app uh, top apps, don't they? So you know, I, I posted a homescreen.is tweet and I like deleted it within 20 minutes because I was everybody on my Twitter stream was criticizing my choices. I saw that actually. <laughs> I just deleted it. I said, forget it. Yeah, it's uh... <laughs> and, and it was not. It was a messy home screen. I, it's actually much better now than it was. I ever since I migrated to the iPhone six, I, it kind of was a a disaster. And I was like, I need to I need to take care of this. And I just hadn't done it. But but still, that was one of those really nice Twitter moments where I'm like, hey, here's my home screen, and everybody's then like, oh well, let me criticize all of your bad choices. Thank you. Uh, that's so I just deleted the tweet. Forget it. So they don't show the stock Apple apps on this screen, but it does give a good indication. So, for example, 12% of uh, home screen is people use Mailbox. Uh, 11.47% use use Inbox, the Google app. And 17% have Fantastical. That's a big number. I mean, obviously, this is skewed. These are, right? these are nerds. These are nerds. These are, yeah. But it gives a good indication because you've got 14% use Gmail. Now, if you assume that... Most people probably don't have Gmail inbox and mailbox on their on their home screen. You may be looking at about half use not the Apple Mail app potentially, um, and it's, it's just looking at these data. Looking at this data is quite interesting. Seventeen um, percent of people have Chrome, which is maybe higher than I would have expected to. Yeah. So you know you can kind of get from this that there is some there's quite a lot of movement in people wanting to use. Uh, third-party apps. I mean, it's just rem- I've just remembered, like you know, you said about when the first um, first party uh, third-party apps for first-party replacements came out. Obviously, there was a time where Apple would reject apps because mm-hmm. the, uh, it, it it well, this is a mail app, and you have all the mail you need. What's wrong Duplicates with you? Duplicates existing functionality, which yep. was crazy. I, I think it was totally a podcast crazy. app was the first one that that got got that rejection or at least the first one that i remember right because you could side you could sideload podcasts already using itunes so Mm -hmm. why would you ever need a a podcast app exactly i think it's interesting that that twitter the twitter app federico will be happy to hear this the twitter app is on 35 percent of home screens on homescreen.is and tweetbot is only on 29 percent and it's the only other twitter client there isn't it tweetbot apparently it's not your darling twitterific your darling yes i love it i love it i like it on the iphone 
I I uh, I gave up on it on the Mac, and I love it on the iPad. I think it's great on the iPad. So obviously, so my list at WWDC 20, 2014, a bunch of things happened that we didn't expect would happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like keyboards, for example. Yeah. Um, will we ever see the ability to add your own third-party replacement instead of? the Apple app. So when when I click a button to email someone, can it open mailbox instead of mail? I think it it might happen eventually. Um it's like a low hanging fruit thing, right? It's like you can imagine it's all a whiteboard and they're waiting until they need to fill an amount of check like, you know, we have X amount of features, we kinda need a couple more. Why don't well, we just I think, put this one in too? For I OS think the 10, question is, when does the user experience harmed more by the fact that people have these apps that do the same thing as the Apple apps? And when they tap on something, they expect it to go to the apps they're using and it doesn't, it goes to the Apple apps. When does that experience um, become more of a problem than the problems that are generated by having lots of dialogue boxes that pop up that say, I'm not your default. Would you like to make me your default? Don't ask. Ask again later, et cetera, et cetera, like they do on the desktop. Or another confusing, potentially, uh, preference in the yeah. settings app, yeah, like the notification center preferences. And I, I would argue that, um, I mean, Apple knows about what apps people are using. I would argue that we are... Um, at the point now where it's probably an improvement, a net improvement to the experience to let people set the defaults um, as long as the, the the choice to set the defaults is well-designed. But that's a question is, would it be well-designed or would it be really annoying? If they, if they And they, that may be exactly what Apple's thinking is um, we could do this now, sort of like the old copy and paste debate, right? We could do this now, but it would be crappy. It would it would literally be you appear to be launching this web browser, but Safari Chrome, but Safari is set as your default. Would you like me to change that? And you don't want that. That's a, actually kind of a lousy experience, especially if you get it all the time. So maybe it may be that Apple's like not philosophically opposed to this idea, but wants to do it in a way where where most users are not going to get bugged by it. Because it bugs me when I try to share something or click on a link, like a, a calendar link, and it takes me to calendar instead of Fantastical, or a mail link that takes me to mail instead of mailbox. That bugs me. I would, I, you know, it makes me avoid certain features in the operating system because they're not going to do what I actually want them to do. So this is something that uh, another thing that upgrader Kyle has pointed out, who is quite literally on fire today. I think we should just call him. Let's call him. Let's get him on the show. <laughs> <laughs> is that you, you can actually us live. click a button, which I didn't well, actually, see. So it allows you to view all of the apps this week. I mean, because what we were looking at before was apps this week, not apps overall on homescreen.is, mm-hmm. with Apple's apps included. Um, and then it kind of becomes a different story, like 63% of people have mail. Hmm. Well, sure. Um, where Where is that Where is that button? You can oh, view with Apple's apps. Oh, yeah. look at that. So 63% of mail. Seventy-seven have Safari. Eighty-six have phone. That's, so take yeah. that, people who don't like the phone app. <laughs> it's still there. It's interesting. Thirty-nine percent have Google Maps. Thirty-six percent have Apple Maps. I don't wow. know why people are using Apple Maps? And like thirty-eight percent of people have Notes. What is going on here? I, Come on, guys. Mike. Mike. Yeah. Uh. Is notes on my home screen? No. 
Notes is on my, I think, my second screen. Do you use the Notes app? I do. Hmm. What do you use it for? Um, the number one thing I use it for is when I am watching a movie or a TV show for The Incomparable and I need to take notes about what I'm seeing so I can refer to it later when I'm uh, when I'm doing the podcast. That's what I use the Notes app for. Because hmm. it's, 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 it has no features. It syncs to my Mac so I can call it up here. That's That's what I do. That's all I use it for. I think almost almost entirely. If I launch it on my Mac today, let's see what's on there. Um, I have a, a thing that I needed to read to my son that I had in Gmail and I couldn't find in uh, in Mailbox. That's the one thing that really bugs me about Mailbox is that its search isn't very good. Um, so I have that in here. And then it's an incomparable note, an incomparable note, an incomparable note, incomparable, incomparable, incomparable. incomparable. Yeah, that's, it's all... It's all notes from uh, me sitting and watching a movie and and flipping open my iPad and typing a couple of things about something that I'm watching. I can see why you deleted the the tweet because now I just want to discuss with you <laughs> <laughs> notes apps. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, I had notes app on the home screen. Yeah, I'm sure I that upset the, quite a lot of people. Like it's I had it on the home screen, me, upsetting me a little bit, but. Um, it's now on my second screen. I'm trying to think, to though, screen. like what app can can do that as well as that app? Maybe Simple Note, maybe. But maybe. but isn't it overkill for me to install a third party app just to do uh, the occasional notes while I'm watching a, uh, uh, an incomparable thing when I've got that app installed on my phone and my Mac already, and that's all I'm doing, all I'm using it for? It's like it, 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 I use it so seldomly that it, even if there is something better, I get no benefit out of it being better because I don't use it for anything else. It's that literally that I use Vesper more for notes that I actually want to file away and, and uh, look at later. I don't use notes for that. Notes is the while I'm watching a Doctor Who episode and I want to write down things that I want to talk about on the podcast. That's that's what I use it for. OK. Yeah. Do you think that? When and if the Vespa Mac app comes, you might it might change your mind. Uh, I think it will be more. I think I would probably use it more. Yeah, if it was if uh, I I had access to it on my Mac than I do. I just I I literally do use it as the place like, uh, you know, like it was designed for. I use it as the place where I squirrel away things where I'm just I'm somewhere and I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll write that down and remember to look for it later. I just really cannot stand that paper texture. Oh well, yeah. It's terrible. And I know that's not, not necessarily a reason not to use the app, but it does, it, it makes me feel unwell. I don't really know why it's there. I don't, I don't get it. Like, why? Why now? Are you still doing it? Like, reminders, I can't even go close to that application without it make you know, oh, so bad. Why do you click the things and then the cards scroll up? Do you use the Reminders app at all? I do. Do you use it frequently, Jason? I do. It's where I put all of my story ideas for six colors. Okay. It's funny. I think what I'm finding here is that what I'm using different apps for is different tasks. So rather than having like one app that has a bunch of categories and I put different notes in different categories, I just put all of my story ideas and reminders and some and some to-dos that are sort of like work to-dos of like you need to do this today. And, and a few ideas are in there. Um, and then I use Notes app, but just for the incomparable notes. And I use Vesper for different something different than that. And I use, I use you know, Grocery IQ for shopping lists. I, I, you know, sort of single task 
apps instead of having a... I'm really bad at the fiddly filing system thing of like, I'm going to tag this with this and put it in this category and all that. I just, I never do that. So instead, my categorization system in some ways seems to be what app I put it in. Mm. I updated my home screen on on, uh, homescreen.is to be more acceptable now. Hmm. Notes isn't on it anymore. I'm very intrigued about about the way you use your phone now. <laughs> what does it mean, Mike? I, 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 yeah, I'm intrigued by it too because I have no idea what I'm doing. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't use my phone as much as I think a lot of people do um, because I use it more when I'm out of the house, which I'm not as much anymore. I, when I'm in the house uh, and like in the house house and not in my office, I'm usually, my iOS device is that iPad mini. That's what I will look at for email and Twitter and things like that. The phone uh, is when I'm out and about more than anything else. So the use cases are pretty different. I want to park that there for just a moment. Put it Um, in the parking lot. Yeah, I want to come back to that. And uh, maybe we can discuss your home screen a little bit too um, because I'm looking at it now. And I'll, I'll update mine, Jason, so you can... So you can oh, see, good. so you can see it too, if you'd like. Uh, but before we do that, I'll just take a moment to thank our third friend for this week, and that is Igloo. They are the internet you'll actually like. Igloo's internet works on any mobile device, including the new iPhone, the iPhone Six Plus, the iPhone Six, or the Nexus Six Two. And maybe this is a device that you'll be getting this holiday season, and you don't need to worry because your Igloo internet will work perfectly on it. Igloo have built their entire platform with responsive design in mind, so you can do anything from reading a document to sharing a photo of your decorated tree to administrative tasks like managing your settings. It all works. It all works. Igloo's document preview engine is fully HTML5 compatible, so if your teammate uploads a Word, Excel, or even JavaScript file, you can read it on your device without having to download the content or another app to do so. It saves you storage and also makes sure your team is always working on a live and same version of the document. Even new features like Igloo's task management system have all been designed from the ground up for speed and ease of use on your phone in mind. You can quickly create a task in just a few taps and manage your tasks from wherever you are. Best of all, because Igloo's platform is so customizable, when you design your Igloo to make sure it looks like your company's colors, your brand, have your logo in and everything like that, this design and look carries all over to every single device. Make a change on desktop, shows up on the mobile instantly. It's a fast and fantastic way to create, share, and manage your work from your desk, your in-law's living room before Christmas dinner, or even on the ski slopes. Igloo is not responsible if you get hurt while doing so. If you've used any corporate internets like SharePoint, you'll know just how incredible all of this sounds. Igloo makes a great present for your office secret Santa since it's free to use of up to 10 people. Sign up for a trial right now at igloosoftware.com slash upgrade, but it's absolutely free to use for up to 10 people. Thank you so much to Igloo for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. And a good friend. They are a good friend indeed. So I am, mm-hmm. I've am i just taken a new screenshot and I'm going to go to the home screen app if I can find it. So I'm going to try and activate a spotlight search. Oh, the spotlight search worked. That's nice. Um, <laughs> and uh, do I want to... Oh, I do need to sign in so I can... Uh, Update it right here. It's uploading, Jason, as we speak. Um, so, what I want to talk to you a little bit about now is the way that you use your iOS device. 
because okay. I'm very interested because of the way you described it because I don't think it's it's normal. I th- I think that uh, <laughs> and, uh, no, no that, I didn't mean it like that. That sounded really bad. I mean I don't think it's it's like how people <laughs> tend to use these devices now. Uh, in you know in the way that you say it's my on the go device, which I don't think is necessarily the way that a lot of people use. Yeah their phones like like me i use it for so much all day every day even when my mac is in front of me i'm using my iphone for stuff because i prefer to use my iphone for stuff Um, i used to do that i used to do that until the ipad came out and the ipad changed that changed that behavior i used to prefer using my iphone over my mac for so many things when the iphone first come out before the ipad came out in that period, I realized I was using my, I used to have my laptop like around the coffee table and things like that. And even when it was sitting there kind of closed, I would just use my phone. It was just easier. The apps were better than using a web page. But the iPad has, has supplanted it. When I'm in my house, you know, unless I'm, unless I have the iPhone in my pocket and the iPad is like, I don't even know where it is. And all I want to do is look and see what's going on on Twitter. It, it happens, but it's very rare. Usually I will go to the iPad instead. When so I'm just, in the house, I've just put my home screen in the, in the chat room, uh, so yep. I can. I'm looking know, at it. Take the onslaught from from the upgraders uh, as as we speak. Yes. Um, okay. So see, the thing is, I have never been an iPad guy. I mean, I've I've always had iPads, but they never they never seem to stick for me, um, which is which is strange. I, I kind of I have. I like don't a, think it's normal, Mike. I don't think it's normal. <laughs> It isn't normal uh, <laughs> because a lot of people love their iPads and they use them when they're at home, but I've just never been able to get them to, to stick. I didn't mean to call you abnormal, Jason. Uh, no, that's okay. No, you may be right. You may well be right, Mike. You wouldn't be the first. You won't be the last. <laughs> so you are not a heavy iPhone user then, fair to say. No, I mean, I uh, if I'm going... Anywhere, I obviously have my iPhone with me. I'm always listening to... that. That is where I listen to all my podcasts. Okay. So if I'm doing the dishes or something, I will put in, put in my headphones on my iPhone and do the dishes listening to podcasts. If I'm driving somewhere, I, it's connected via Bluetooth and I'm listening to podcasts. And, uh, you know, and if I'm out and about, I'm out at... at uh, walking down the street and need to see what's going on on Twitter or something like that. Absolutely. All of those things happen. Um, it's just that if I'm, if I'm in, if I'm in the house and the iPad is around, I will use the iPad, not the phone. That's, you know, that's really the, that's really the the distinction. And I'm not out as much as I used to be. That's also true. Okay. So that's, it's interesting because, my iPhone usage, it's not the same, you know, because I am in front of my Mac more than, than I, obviously, when I was never in front of my Mac in my corporate job. But I do find myself using my iPhone uh, an awful lot still um, to do things like uh, if I want to read RSS feeds, I, I use my my iPhone. Um, quite a lot of the time, if I want to read Twitter, I use my iPhone because mm-hmm. I prefer the experience. Um, I mean, I do have a really big iPhone, uh, which yes. uh, that 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 is, I think, part of the reason why I don't use my iPad Mini so much anymore. Um, you know, I've spoken about that before, but I prefer to read things uh, on on that device in my hand rather than uh, on the Mac. So you know how people say like reading something digitally has a different feel to it than when you read like a book. Sure, I feel that way about my phone. So reading something on on the desktop feels impersonal. Uh, And then when I read on my phone, it's in my hand and I'm manipulating it with my thumb and it feels more uh, real, I think. 
I agree with that to a certain point. Um, in fact, I, I have it happen often now. This is one of the ways that I use handoff is if I'm sitting here at my desk and I've got my iPad or my iPhone with me um, and it's time for me to take a break. Um, using one of the Mac apps I wrote about break time for saying you should get up because you've been sitting down for half an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, I will often use a handoff at that moment to take whatever web page you know is up in front of me and I'll just flip it open to the iOS device and read it there. And I prefer that. I, 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 I think I agree with you there. Or, or I send it to Instapaper and I read it on my Kindle. One of those things. But I do, I, I, I see what you're saying there. Uh, for me, um, the text input thing bothers me. I'm just, I'm just not, I'm a very, very good type typist <laughs> and I'm not a very good iPhone, iPhone keyboard person. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't mind reading Twitter on the iPhone, although the Mac Twitter app has that great, um, you know, notification tab where it shows who favorited and retweeted and stuff that the uh, the iPhone iPhone version doesn't have. So, or the you know, Federico loves the iOS version of Twitter. Uh, I don't love it so much. So um, I do some of that on the Mac because I think that's actually a preferable interface for it. Uh, I don't know. Everybody, everybody's use cases are different. You have that. You have the big phone, so you you really do have lots of reasons why yeah. um, you would you would gravitate toward that, and that makes sense to me. I think it really has changed um, even more my my device usage, the six plus, uh, than I maybe expected. Like I I don't have any desire to upgrade my iPad for a while. I know I spoke about the iPad Air too, which seems really nice, and because there's this part of me that's like you could work from an iOS device like more often if you really wanted to. Mm. Um, but then I do get, I get that feeling where I, if I'm going to sit down and do some like, you know, big work stuff, uh, I kind of want my Mac for that. I, I feel like I'm, yeah. I'm still chained in, in that way that maybe Federico isn't. Um, but I, I do feel like, if, you know, if I'm going to start doing some spreadsheet work, if I'm going to start doing some writing stuff, uh, I want to have a keyboard in front of me. So at that point, you know, I didn't either have an iPad or a keyboard. Uh, or I grab the Mac and I'm always going to exactly. go for the Mac because there are things, some of the stuff that I use, the stuff that I use extensively, like uh, Google Docs, it works better on the Mac than it does on iOS devices. Um, so for me, that that still makes a lot more sense to, to do that. But I think that at the moment, the, the 6 Plus and the uh, Mac are, you know, my MacBook Pro are like a perfect pairing. Um, but but it is, I think it's interesting to hear the the way that you are with that. Do you, do you think it's maybe because I mean I know you said like commuting and stuff stopped, but do you think that you're you're you know you're a Mac guy at heart? You, you know you are you are still a desktop guy. No, I I don't know. I mean the the fact that I'm a very 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 fast typist means the physical keyboard thing is always going to have a lot of weight for me because mm-hmm. um, I can be more productive <laughs> on a physical keyboard. Now I could attach a physical keyboard to a an iPad or even an iPhone if I really wanted to. And, and sometimes I might do that. Um, I, I find lots of value, but like I said, I'm, I'm finding the value in the iPad a little more than the iPhone. And I, and I don't know why that is. I mean, obviously I, if I had to choose one, I'd probably choose the iPhone only because I'm not going to carry an iPad around everywhere I go in public, right? <laughs> That's not going to happen, but at home, it's a great home device. And, and it, it fits in that, in that slot for me. Um, I don't. I do more now on my Mac than I did before, but that's that's because it's uh, this awesome iMac and it's right in my house, and you know it's it's great to do that. But I think a lot of it comes back to the keyboard thing that I'm not very good at typing on my 
on my iPhone, even with the custom keyboards. And um, I'm very good at typing on this Bluetooth keyboard I have here. So that for me, that 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 means a lot of uh, in terms of my productivity. And that's that is my productivity. Also, I'm really pretty fast at typing on an iPad with my thumbs on the iPad mini. I'm pretty fast at that. And it's just when I get to the iPhone that I'm really not very good. It just it's it's a hard I make too many mistakes. I spend a lot of time correcting mistakes um, because the the autocorrect doesn't do a good enough job. And uh, yeah, it's a little frustrating. But I, I love my iPhone. Don't get me wrong. I just uh, there are things that I I would prefer to do elsewhere. But I don't think it's a Mac thing. I think I think it's I think it's a keyboard thing. Um, I would love. I've said that before. I would love to be able to travel with just my iPad and not my Mac. Um, but you know. There, there are some some realities about podcast stuff, especially where the way iOS does audio, you know, you don't have the ability. I can't, I can't do that right now, unfortunately. Um, and so, I travel with a Mac, and and I use it when I need Macy things, but I don't use it for stuff that is better on the iPad. What do you think of workflow? So this new app that that's come out, um, which is very, which it's an iOS app, and it's focused on trying to create workflows and it's a bit yeah. like automator for ios now how do you feel about and use and if you do use an app like this because it's very much a an, an ios power user app yeah and I'm something excited. that go, 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 go ahead i'm excited about it uh i again if you took the podcast stuff out of the equation um i would be really happy using my bluetooth keyboard and my origami case and an ipad and traveling with that and writing with that, writing with that in cafes and writing with that at my in-laws house and at my mom's house and whatever. I, I would um, I would do that and I would use editorial, which has got some great workflow stuff in it. And I would I would use workflows. And I uh, I'm, I'm very excited about the idea of doing more power user things on on uh, iOS. For me, you know, the, what it comes back to is in the end, I always have a Mac available because I have to because of this podcasty thing we're doing, which there are workarounds, but they're really terrible. Like literally for me to do a podcast next week when I'm in Arizona without bringing a Mac with me, I would need to bring, uh, I, I would need to talk to you on one iOS device while recording my microphone on a different iOS device because you can't do both. <laughs> Yeah. And that's not cool. <laughs> and then if I was editing the show myself instead of you editing it, I could do that too. It would take a lot longer, but I could totally do that. There's a great um, app for um, for iOS that is a multi-track editor that really does work. And on the iPad Air 2, it super really works. But it would take a little more time, but it could be doable. It's just it's just not all there yet. So that that's what holds me back. But on the on the writing and productivity side, I mean Federico has shown us that um, you can do amazing things with this. And I'm I'm really excited about that because an app like Workflow tries to make it a little simpler. Um, you you don't have to necessarily be quite as uh, daring uh, and you know iOS daredevil like Federico Vitici is in order to do some of this stuff. So I think it's I think it's great. I I do I'm a big believer in iOS as a a platform to get work done. But you know again I'm I'm more on the iPad side and I realize people are kind of down on the iPad right now. But I think it's only through things like workflow that the iPad becomes so useful that it it legitimately can be uh, a replacement for a for a laptop. Because there are some things that you can do with this app, which are incredible, and they don't feel as hacky um, as as you know trying to do things with URL schemes. That, right. That like Federico's is, 
has really sort of championed um, for the last couple of years, you know, using like apps like Drafts and Launch into Pro, which are fantastic apps, but they are a little bit more kind of, if you want to do some interesting stuff, you've got to get in there and start typing some stuff, which mm-hmm. is not very accessible. And then you've got something like Workflow, where it's just like you can just drag and drop the things you want to do, and it kind sure. of all makes sense. You can Editorial has some of that too, and I really like that about Editorial. The drag and drop uh, sort of widgets, like Automator on the Mac, that, that it's not going to give you every solution, but it lets you build... You know, it's going to be it's going to be, you know, text expander and keyboard maestro have bigger audiences, more addressable audiences than AppleScript <laughs> because it's just it's too nerdy, and those are are simple. And this is the same thing with workflow or the or the workflows that are in editorial, where you know people who are not comfortable with code can still get things done. And and I'm not somebody who's comfortable with Ruby code, right? I'm yep. not going to do that, yep. or JavaScript code yep. even. Yeah, I feel exactly the same. And I, I've you know I've been playing a lot with Workflow, and it's the first one of these types of apps that I've really felt in control of, because I don't understand and you know I haven't taken the time to really try and learn a lot of the the, the craziness that you can do. You know, with chaining these apps together using URL schemes and things like that. Like I've I've toyed with it and played around with it in the past, but this this is an app that allows me to really dig in uh, and and try out some some interesting things. So you know, I've I've put a link I put links to workflow and editorial in the uh, in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Most of the apps that I think we've spoken about, you can kind of get to them via our home screens. Um, yes. Thanks. Too, too many apps uh, to get to, to put in the show notes today, I think. One that I will put in, actually, is uh, Break Time that you mentioned. Sure. Because I've been thinking about this. Uh, uh, I'm not thinking. I need to do this. Uh, I need to, to get up and walk around more because um, I have some back problems. And yep. uh, I think that this is exactly the type it, of thing. It's so easy to lose for. track of time. It's so easy to lose yes. track of time. And, and with break time, I've discovered that, that I turn it on and say, you know, let me know in 30 minutes. And then it comes on. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I just turned that on. There's something wrong. I'm like, no, 30 minutes passed. And you just mm-hmm. stared at a computer while sitting in a chair, unmoving other than your fingers for that entire time. That's bad for the rest of your body. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's great. I mean, there are lots of apps that do this. I'm sure that there are others that are also really good. This is the one that looked, uh, kind of looked the best and had the best set of features to me. And it's pretty cheap. And uh, I like it. The Mac App Store, downloading it right now. Beauty. So yeah, so uh, that 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 turned. I went a different way than I expected, but I thought it was quite an interesting discussion. There's still so much that we wanted to talk about today, but we can we can save those for next week. Exactly. We've got two more shows this year, so we have time to do um, some more holiday uh, technology topics if we want to, as well as a best of the year, whether we do that next week or the week after. Um, I'll be I'll be traveling, but uh, I'll bring that computer. I'll bring my MacBook Air and my microphone with me, and and uh, and we'll still have our conversations. You're not going anywhere. Your family's all right there, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll be. We're we're recording. Like if you want to check the schedule at the moment, there are some shows that are moving around. Right. There will be episodes of everything um, over the next couple of weeks, but the, the days are slightly moving. Um, yeah. I think pretty much the only day we won't be recording over the, like over the seeing weeks is probably Christmas Day, I think. <laughs> Your commitment to this network is has failed. Shame on you I not know. recording on Christmas Day. I, oh. I have failed you all, uh, and I apologize. <laughs> uh, and uh, check the schedule if you can forgive me. Check the the schedule, and I hope I, I hope Renegade Upgrady and Matt um, 
enjoyed all of our tech talk this week. I hope he's back. I hope so too. I hope a friend has told him. Hmm. A friend to come back. Maybe somebody from Smile. Maybe. Or MailRoute or Igloo. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe that's how it works. Thank you to all of those people. Thanks for that, Jason, as well. That was a nice little (laughs) wrap-up. If you'd like to find us on the internet, uh, if you'd like to surf the the information superhighway to locate (laughs) me and Jason, then uh, you can go to a couple of places. Relay.fm is where you'll find this show and a bunch of other shows. If you want to find the show notes for this week's episode, it's relay.fm slash upgrade slash 14. Yeah, you am, type that in the box at the top of your Net, Netscape Navigator to get there. Exactly. Or any mm-hmm. any sort of uh, web communications platform oh, yeah. or system. Mosaic. Probably. Probably mm-hmm. not. Um, I am at iMike on Twitter. I am Y-K-E. And Jason is at J-S-N-E-L. J-S-N-E-L-L. And he writes the fantastic six colors dot com which gets better every day jason oh and uh i think that you stepping away from the corporate life has benefited us all greatly um and i don't think that you get told that enough and you should be told that more and and i hope that you feel that you made the right decision too because uh it feels that way for the rest of us i was on mac power users that'll be it'll be out next week um and 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 they said the same they said the same thing to me it was very nice to say i feel like we get more jason now and 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 uh that's good and i i i really appreciate that i again uh i hope that i can keep doing it because i i love i love what i'm doing right now i hope that uh i can make the financial part of it work but in terms of what i'm doing and i'm certainly very busy but i'm loving it so i'm glad people are uh enjoying that they get more of me now that isn't spent time in meetings or talking to human resources or talking about laying people off, but instead is just like writing stories and doing podcasts. So, yay. And we will be back next time. Thank you very much to all the upgraders for listening. Don't forget hashtag ask upgrade. um, If you'd like to ask us a question um, or you can send us follow up via any means that you would like. Carrier pigeon is preferred. We'll be back next time. Until then. Goodbye. Ahoy, telephone. <laughs>